Have we just seen the best AEW women's match so far since their inception? Myself, Mike, we're here to talk about it in just a bit, so stay tuned. This is the Elite Maniac Podcast. You are now listening to the Elite Maniac Podcast. Remember to subscribe, follow and leave a five-star review. What's up, people? Welcome to the Elite Maniac podcast, where we discuss all things AEW. My name is Mex, a.k.a. WrestleManiac UK, and I'm joined by the co-host of the show, Mike, a.k.a. Kings Road Wrestling. Mike, how are you doing this week? Good. Back from Florida after my little excursion to AEW Revolution. Uh, back in Jersey. A lot of good wrestling this week. A lot of stuff to talk about. How are you feeling? Yeah, it's been a long, hard week for myself. Just other things, personal stuff, work. But um, this this particular show and the main event, it really put a smile on my face. I was very proud of mm-hmm. the two ladies involved. Oh, yeah. Very, very proud. Almost like a, a dad watching <laughs> watching these guys. Uh, I'll get on to it a bit later on in the show when we speak about that. But yeah, like we said, guys, um, really, really awesome episode of Dynamite um, this past week. Um, so we're going to give you guys a review. We're going to answer your questions. Um, but before we do that, um, please make sure you have subscribed or followed us on your podcast platform of choice. Leave us a five-star review um, so that more people can get to see the great work we're doing over here at Elite Maniac Podcast. Um, but yeah, without further ado, you know, Mike, let's jump into it. You know, tell us how the show started. Let's do it. Uh, oh, but before that, I saw I saw something that I think you might like. It was a it was a quote from Tanahashi's most mm-hmm. recent New Japan at backstage interview, and he said that like uh, there's things in life that will be there for you, but then they'll disappear. Like maybe your job, uh, a girlfriend, or something like that. Friends will come and go, but pro wrestling that'll always be here for you. <laughs> so you know, we both had a difficult week, but we always have wrestling to make us feel nice. better. And now we get to cap off the week and talk about St. Patrick's Day Slam, which was a hell of a show, in my opinion. Uh, I, you know, just to start this, you know, wrestling is for fun. I think a lot of people forget that. Mm. They try to overanalyze everything and and just, uh, you know, don't really buy into kayfabe. And sometimes that really makes me upset. But it's supposed to be about fun. And St. Patrick's Day Slam, I had a lot of fun watching this. I was entertained for the full two hours. And that's all I can really ask for. I don't know about you. Uh, how did you feel, you know, watching the show as a whole? Were you entertained? I was. I really was. And it's like I said um, at the top of the show, it's been a long week because of just other stuff. But I haven't recorded anything this past week mm-hmm. on, my, on my own channels, my own platforms. I've hardly put out anything. And I watched Raw this week as I do. And I was absolutely drained. And I was <laughs> happy. I was very happy this week that I never had to record anything for that because I bet. You know, it was it was a very bad show. Like and people say, people will forever say Raw's bad, Raw's bad. Like, like you know me, I'm, I, I find the positives in stuff. But yeah. 
this week was particularly bad. So I was very happy I didn't have to record anything. But then when it came round to AEW, I thought, ah, oh, I really want to talk about this this week. Mm-hmm. So, you know, although I couldn't manage to do a recording with you um, yesterday um, and you were on your way home still, um, that's why I really wanted to still speak about this today. So mm-hmm. un- unfortunately for some people, I've already had some people message me that they wanted to see this live. They wanted um, to yeah, hear from us yesterday. But um, I can only apologize, but we're here today, a day later. But um, yeah, we still wanted to give it to you. This was a really, really good show. Yeah, definitely. It was mostly my fault because I was driving back from Florida, as I stated. Uh, you know, I get that about the Raw thing. Sometimes I watch the New Japan shows and they're just like uh, road to shows. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is so yeah. boring. So it's not just <laughs> exclusive to WWE. But having said that, we'll go on to St. Patrick's Day Slam. Uh, what what a damn show. So we started off with, um, you know, one of the most anticipated matches, Penta L0M well, taking on Cody in kind of a blood feud or family feud or whatever you want to call it. Pentagon insulted Cody last week, um, made shots at Brandy and his newborn child that's on the way. So Cody was super, super pissed and really wanted to get some revenge. Uh, we had a solid match here and the two really went out, went at it. Good, good match. If you guys haven't seen this, I definitely go back and check out what goes on in this match. Uh, there was just one crazy uh, part of the match. And I know you saw this. It's uh, Pentagon started out hitting huge chops that Cody just, you know, he kind of just took it in the corner. Um, Cody countered and then hit a thrust kick, a Canadian destroyer, a Cody cutter all on top of each other. And only got a two count out of Penta. It was ridiculous. Like he hit a sequence of three to four moves and then a backpack driver, and then got another two count. Um, it was just insane that Penta was able to get out of it. So he was fighting till the end. Um, Penta lived up to his promises and attempted to snap the arm of Cody Rhodes. Uh, and I thought that Cody was going to lose at this point. But seriously, again, uh, Penta got hit by like four moves in a row and then kicked out of it. So props to him. Yeah. Uh, Cody then got the surprise roll up towards the end of the match uh, and just rolled him up out of nowhere and got the pinfall victory. Uh, you know, I don't know. What do you think about this? <laughs> what do you think about this roll? I, th- I think you know what I'm going to say. And okay. I don't think, I think to be honest, a lot of people are in agreement with this. Cody shouldn't have won this match. It was kind of like, I just don't get why. Yeah, yeah. And that's it. If, if Cody is going to win, why? So, yeah, I, I mean, this was a really good match regardless. Um, Penta is just full of charisma, man. He The guy is oozing swag. Like, yeah, every so step he takes is just so entertaining. Um, yeah, absolutely love him. Want the best for him. On this, on this American platform and on this stage for him. I know he's achieved a lot elsewhere. But um, yeah, I feel like I feel like they're not finished here, which gives me hope. I think I don't think this is a one and done. I think the story no is gonna go on. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't feel like Cody should have should have won here at all. Yeah, I don't really get why he did. Uh, I'm confused. I mean, Penta still was able to attack him after mm-hmm. uh the matchup, which was yeah, I guess, you know, he wasn't down. He got rolled up. So if, if Cody was going to win, which obviously they wanted to do, at least do a roll up so he doesn't look that bad. Uh, I, I really thought that Penta shined here and Jim Ross said it. He is like the, the hard striker of the group of Lucha Brothers. Mm-hmm. Phoenix is more of the high flyer. So it's a good combination between the two of them. 
we also saw uh, the Dynamite post show, not mine, but Alex Abrihentes and AEW's official one. Yeah. Uh, and he had a Pentagon or Junior Pentazero and whatever you want to call him. His action figure was right next to Alex while he was doing the post show. So it was kind of like an Easter egg. And then they did another promo, I think, at the Road to Dynamite together. So, um, right, yeah. yeah, possibly. And and everyone was commenting on what we were commenting, and he was really into speaking on behalf of Penta. So I think that they he could be uh, the manager for for Penta and, and maybe Phoenix if need be. Um, I saw another comment also, not to drag on here a little too long, but someone said the Lucha Brothers aren't being booked properly. Um, that just doesn't make any sense to me. Both these guys were on the card for St. Patrick's Day Slam, which is. Yeah. I mean, you don't have that many. You have a limited number of spaces. Both of you are on the card, and you both killed it. Like, I think they're top of the line, like top 10 in AEW, both of them. Um, yeah, I think this particular season, if you want to call it, like this next year, this season yeah. of AEW, these guys are going to be killer. They're going to be given the the ball to run with. I think we're seeing that with, with Ray Phoenix. You know, some may argue right now he is the most informed wrestler in the world right now. Um, you know, having the time of his life, his 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 match that he had tonight, we'll get on to never set the world alight, like you know, the mat with the match with Matt and other stuff he's done in recent weeks. But um yeah, the the pen the penta and Phoenix, the Lucha brothers there, this is their season. I really think so. Yep. Here at the Elite Maniac podcast, both of us are big fans of the Lucha Brothers and of course Pack Death Triangle. And we really think that they're going to have a breakout couple of months uh, setting up right now. Uh, After the match, you know, we saw a little bit with the Nightmare family coming out to defend Cody, but QT didn't come out. So we are continuing the possible long-term story of QT Marshall leaving the Nightmare family. That that guy, man. (laughs) I don't... (laughs) I love it. And I love the way he's doing it so, like, nonchalantly. Like, he's like, oh, like, like, oh, yeah, well, come on. Like, (laughs) he he doesn't think it's a big deal at all. So, making me laugh. AW loves doing that. They love sending people out to get beaten up. And then the guy that's supposed to come out just comes out a little late. And he's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Apart apart from QT, he wasn't even apologizing. He was just like, oh, did I miss it? Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, funny, you know, QT's a uh, good heel, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we had the promo of the Young Bucks after this, um, kind of setting up this tag team match with Death Triangle. Uh, the Young Bucks said that Phoenix only beat them in singles. Uh, the Young Bucks are still the best overall tag team. But then we had Don Callis come out. And, you know, I know Matt Hardy's big money, but Don Callis, he is money. Uh, he cut probably one of the best promos i've seen in a while on impact on tuesday like just he wrecked yeah. he, he he shit on rich swan really <laughs> yeah, um, yeah 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 <laughs> so go check that out uh, our friends over at access tv uh but callis said oh i heard papa bucks in the hospital um i got a gift for him and he holds up a t-shirt for him to wear in the hospital that says no leg slapping which was <laughs> honestly hilarious because the young bucks get called out all the time for that um he says that this was brutal, man. This was this was also brutal. So he had two back-to-back brutal promos. He said he wants to see the Bucks that he saw in New Japan Pro Wrestling when he was an announcer. And he said there's <laughs> nothing really elite about them, um, which was brutal. And then Matt kind of fired back at him and said, you know, you changed Kenny. Why would you do that? And Callis said, yeah, I changed Kenny. I changed him from a joke that you guys had him. And now he's the god of pro wrestling. So, yeah. you know, you you be the pick of it. Um 
He also said, you're another tag team with fancy uh, names and uh, with fancy titles that are living off their names. So they're done. The Bucks and Omega. Yeah. Yeah. Good little segment. And then obviously their friendship or relationship was, like you said, it was kind of confirmed later on in the night. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. But um, I guess the little other nugget that we got from this section, this segment was um, Don Callis calling Kenny God of pro wrestling. Obviously, that's what um, Kota Ibushi is calling himself over in New Japan. Yeah, he's not. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I, I mean, <laughs> I, mean I, I guess they're going to go off. They're going to face each other up. It, it looks like, you know, if yeah. they're both calling themselves God of pro wrestling, the real God is going to have to show themselves soon. So, um, maybe a little Easter egg that we're, we may be getting Kota Ibushi versus Kenny Omega somewhere down the line. You know, I'm pretty smart, but I didn't notice that. So <laughs> thank you for uh, figuring that out. No that, is de- that's what, that is definitely true. That's why there's two of us. Yeah. <laughs> Someone misses something, the other can fill in. That's true. That's why we're here. Uh, so what do you think about after this? We had that little Jade, Jade match, Jade Cargill, you know, uh, new entrance song, Pyro. What do you think? Like, looks like a million bucks, man. Dude, she's um, awesome. They are. They have debuted her very well since you know she came on our screens November, December times. Um, they've they've looked after her. They've packaged her very well. Now we're seeing her more in the ring. She she looks really good. Um, what was the lady she she beat? Dana was it Dana something? Danny Jordan, kind of Danny a main, mainstay on AEW Dark. Yeah, so she beat Danny Jordan literally in like four moves. It wasn't even. It wasn't long at all, and she's still doing a lot of the flexing and posing in between. Uh-huh. Put her away with her her finisher called Jaded, I think she's called it, um, which is like a yep. glam slam, which um, Beth Phoenix used to do. Um, went outside the ring afterwards, um, you know, kind of taunted Red Velvet. So nice to see they're continuing that story between those two. Um, yeah, she just she just looks like someone they can put the title on tomorrow. Like for she looks sure. ready for it already. So yeah can't wait to see where they go with this yeah and it was interesting so those moves that put her away it was a con- it was a big boot and then a body slam released german into the, a the kip german up. though that german suplex she nearly threw danny out the ring just yeah she's so strong then she kipped up yeah, just, yeah yeah she literally threw her across the ring i thought danny was going to spring up and go through the ropes and then kipped up yeah, and that opponent, she's no Rio. I mean, uh, that I don't think that that's that easy to do, like yeah, to toss yeah. someone like it that. Isn't, 100%. No, and then she hit the jaded for the pinfall. So yeah, awesome moves by Jade Cargill. And then you said she was feuding with Red Velvet after the match. I thought throughout the show uh, there was intertwined uh, the women being showcased throughout the show. I yeah. thought that was really good. Instead of just a ma- women's match, that was really solid. There were multiple elements of the women's division. And I, I think that's what they need to continue to do, you know? Like we said, you know, give them credit where it's due. Everyone's fast to, you know, knock them down. When they're doing something right, we have to give them credit as well. And they're slowly getting it right with the women's division. Things are improving. There's no doubt about it. So, yeah. For sure. Uh Awesome stuff. You know, we had the main event, which we'll get to, but that was the first time in AW that women were in the main event of a dynamite. So congrats to them. And we had a dark elevation where they main evented that too. So yeah. good, good week for the women of all elite wrestling. Congrats to them. Yeah. 
Uh, we had this, and I wrote down on my uh, my legal pad where I take notes. We had a, a four horsemen segment. That's what I wrote down in the beginning. But towards <laughs> the end, we kind of figured out that's not going to be their name. Yeah. Uh, so we can confirm now that the official name of the group, MJF, FTR, Sean Spears, Warlow, and Tully Blanchard are the pinnacle. Uh, they kept Tully referred to them as the baddest group of AEW in the pinnacle of pro wrestling. Um, Tully had another cool quote, uh, and he's really great on the mic too. He said 34 years ago when he was back with Flair, Arn Anderson, and uh, whoever they had in the, as the fourth That's guy, the fourth it, it always, it always <laughs> changed. Um, he said that they were the greatest group in pro wrestling, and now he gets to finish his career with the greatest group too. Um there's some truth to that. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, obviously, they look the part. It's, it's, it's yet to see if they're treated the part. I think, you know, to, to cap off a great stable, we have to have all the guys holding gold. Um, I think they are some way away, you know, far from that because, like we all predict, Adam Page will be the person to beat Kenny Omega for the title. Maybe then MJF beats Adam Page for it. Yeah, I could see so, that. So, yeah, it is some way away, if you like. Um, in terms of them all having that imagery of them all holding the title, maybe. But um, yeah, these guys can definitely do good stuff together. I think I've 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 missed FTR being mainstays on the show. Me um, too. Kind of dipped in every two weeks, every now and again you see them. Um, but now with this story, you know, we should see a bit more of them. And like we talked about last week, Sean Spears gets another chance. So um, hopefully he can really make something of this last one. Well, I, I say this last chance. I'm not the person pulling the strings, but hopefully he can make a good opportunity come from this this opportunity he's been put in. Yes, for sure. Um, you know, I could I uh, to speak about Sean Spears. MJF did a, a promo, and I guess he's the spokesman for the group, which uh, makes sense because he's the best on the mic. Uh, he said that they're gonna show everybody uh, that Wardlow isn't a bodyguard. He said, Sean Spears uh, is a top guy and yeah. it's time that everybody stops like pretending he's not. So they're going to. I think he called Sean Spears the best worker in wrestling today. I think he said oh, something really? along, yeah. along those. He said something along those lines. But yeah, like you're saying, put him over big. For sure. He, he put over everyone in the group, but he said, Sean Spears, yeah, top guy, one of the best workers. And he's going to prove it too. So Tully was in agreement. Uh, he introduced Dax, the Axe, Cash, Money. Yeah, FTR is the only Grand Slam tag team in pro wrestling history, which is true. They're the only ones right now that have defected from WWE after winning all the belts in the tag team division there and then coming over. Um, I guess NXT UK doesn't really count, um, but mm-hmm. cool, cool. And, um, you know, I loved MJF's promo here. I, I, I Like I said, it was one of the best promos I've seen recently. And I keep saying that a lot, but I really mean it for this one. Um, this was great. And you guys should go check it out. There were some cool promos from MJF as an inner circle member, but it wasn't like the old MJF from full gear from yeah. revolution of last year when he was mm-hmm. feuding with Cody. This was crazy though. Uh, this was amazing. And he, 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 he was just sick, dude. He's such a jerk. And you saw that. And he said it's been a long six months of pretending that he likes Chris Jericho. He's done with that now. And then he gave us a, I'm better than you and you know it. Yeah. Very, very, very. Um, you know, when I watched this, and I don't want to compare too much, but 
Evolution in about 2002-2003, Triple H's group. Yeah. Triple H kind of unveiled Revolution. Obviously, you got Ric Flair, Randy Orton, Batista, and he put those guys over big in that promo. And this was very, very similar. But um, MJF obviously put his spin on it. Went at Jericho, went at Jericho hard, like body shamed him as well. Called them um, fair, yeah. Yeah, called, called, called himself the real Judas. Um, yeah, this was fantastic. And um, like we were saying, can't wait to kind of see what, you know, once they can stick their teeth into something, probably against it in the circle. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, this this whole tag team, this whole stable, it just could have been pulled right out of NWA Jim Crockett promotions back in the 80s, the old WCW. There's just this, uh, like, I feel like they got all the classic wrestlers together, like that classic style, the anti-flips, like yeah, the yeah. fists not flip. They got all those guys in this. So uh, for the people who really don't like the spot fest that we sometimes get, this is Pinnacle is the stable for you to root for. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what these guys can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, me too, obviously. We're going to continue down the card. Hope you guys are enjoying this audio exclusive version of the Elite Maniac podcast, Dynamite Review. Uh, we had a match next that I really wasn't that big of a fan of. It was the Jurassic Express Bear Country match versus Private Party Butcher and Blade and Matt Hardy. Yeah. Um, it was kind of stupid. Just in my I don't really want to be rude because <laughs> I know they worked hard and I appreciate. I always appreciate guys for going out there and giving it their all. Uh, but first of all, on Tuesday during dark, Luchasaurus had one of the stupidest spots I've ever seen with Cesar Bononi. Bononi. What was that? that mistake? It was a mistake, right? Cut it out, dude. There's 14, 15 matches. I'm sorry, but if that if something like that happens, and for those that don't know, they like Cesar got something caught in his eye, so Luchasaurus stopped the move that he was going to do and waited mm. for him to be ready. That looks so bad. It's exactly what Jim Ross sometimes talks about when like you you can't do stuff like that. If you have yeah. 15 dark matches, take it out. It's not that necessary to have that. It's, and people were, honestly, people were talking about that moment over every other dark match. Like, that's what everybody remembered. And the um, thing is, the thing is, um, you know, these guys talk to each other in the ring. A lot of the time they're, they're calling what they're doing in the ring. So why couldn't of Luchasaurus told Cesar Bononi just go down? Like, go down, fix your eye, and then we can get back up and continue. Yeah. You know, and the camera could have panned over to Luchasaurus. Or vice versa. You know, Cesar Bononi could have said, hit me. He'll hit the deck. You know, do whatever he needs to do. And then get, you know, when it, it's literally they stopped running at each other. Yeah, man. He left Cesar Bononi for about three to five seconds to clear his eye. And then Cesar Bononi just ran back into the rope and bounced back as if nothing had happened. And yeah, it, 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 the, the, when people when you're here telling people oh, wrestling is cool and you should watch this and watch that, this is the kind of stuff that will make your argument fall apart because you can't defend this. No, it, it's it's weird. Like, man, there's people out there that love ultimate fighting, MMA for fighting. There's people that mm -hmm. love boxing. Wrestling is a little weird. You need some stuff to convince people to watch it because there's that mm -hmm. element of kayfabe and storylines. Mm -hmm. When stuff like this happens, it's not bringing any of those fans that like traditional fighting into this. So, like you're saying, you're saying they could have took out the whole match. Yeah. But all they had to do is take out that particular section. They, or they just cut to Excalibur. Cut so, yeah, yeah that's, that's all they had to do. Like, yeah. it, and you just let it happen and yeah. 
You know, Bully Ray has commented uh, in the past that AW sometimes doesn't appear to be as polished. I mean, that's expected for a new show. Uh, you know, WWE is extremely polished because they've been doing it forever. I like that not polished sometimes, but there's some times like this where it's like, mm, man, like, why did you do that? But this, yeah, this is, I think, is an oversight. Whoever has the final job of doing the edits probably, you know, missed this. Um, it's not good enough. I think AEW need to be very careful. You know, yes, they are a new company, but you know they're nearly two years old at this point. So how 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 long do we continue calling them a new company? They got to start preparing for the worst in some cases, which I think they are. It's an oversight right now. But yeah, yeah, yeah for out. sure. Yeah, that excuse might not be relevant any much longer. And uh, yeah. WWE, you know, their fans are motivated. Um, so are new, new Japan fans and, and and fans of that type of wrestling. They will look for stuff that goes wrong and and make it public. So yeah. you know they've already they already know that that people are going to find out about it. Um, so I mean that's just I, I don't want to harp on it too much, but um, I wasn't that excited to see this match because we had Luchasaurus in it, who I usually like, but just that left a bad taste in my mouth. And then we had Marco Stunt and then Bear Country, which I, I respect Bear Country. They're they're up and coming but i just really wasn't that excited about this match and it was kind of a cluster of a mess um i mean they did like a bunch of crazy stuff uh, it was kind of hard to pay attention um i can't really say that there was anything really memorable about this match uh butcher and blade did well and so did bear country uh marco really kind of annoyed me um and then private party obviously got the win in the end they hit a gin and juice on Marco's stunt and Matt Hardy got a twist of fate for the win. So <laughs> they tagged when- in Mark Quinn, tagged in Matt Hardy to yeah. do the twist of fate and get the win. I think, you know, like you're saying, I think this is exactly what this match was supposed to be. Um, everyone else does the hard work. Matt Hardy comes out with the win. Um, yeah, it, it was a bit of a mess, but I think it was meant to be that. Yep. It, that, that is true. Um, and, you know, the the theme and the lasting impression of this match was that uh, Matt Hardy's new stable of Butcher Blade and Private Party uh, got their first win. So they're working together. They're doing some segments on uh, being the elite. And um, they did a segment on the Dynamite Post Show. They did a promo, which is weird because mm-hmm. I feel like not a lot of people are going to see that. So this week they put a Matt Hardy promo in there. I've never I've never seen that before. Um, yeah, so kind of hidden out there on YouTube. But uh, I think Eddie Kingston's family is done. Eddie's going in a different direction. And uh, the next segment that we saw was Eddie and Mox together. So it looks like they're sticking with it. Mox, I don't think he's going anywhere for the time being. He had a plan to get him out of wrestling. Not happening. Uh, he delivered a promo with Eddie Kingston, said he's not in a good mood because of what happened at Revolution because, the, you know, they tried to kill him, basically. Um, and now he was supposed to take a break. He has to go to war again. Um then they said that the good brothers, you know, that's their big problem is with Gallows and Anderson. Moxley yeah. said he wasted his money on talking shop mania, which is the good brothers. <laughs> yeah, <thing>. yeah. <laughs> He's pissed about that. Uh, Eddie Kingston said, this ain't Impact. This ain't the Tokyo Dome. They're in Ollie Wrestling. They're in their house, and it's time yeah. for them to, to get the hell out of here. So that kind of set up the uh, match that we had later in the night between the, the groups. Yeah, good good promo from these guys. There, you can tell they're really enjoying themselves on the mic. So, um, yeah, I, I was looking forward to this match by this point. Me too. And then we saw it. So, uh, you know, Eddie Kingston came out. 
And it was interesting to note, this is the first appearance on um, AEW. So right after Impact, where the Good Brothers were not Impact Tag Champions. So they yeah. lost that to David Finley and Juice Robinson at yeah. Sacrifice last weekend, uh, defending it at Rebellion in April. That big show that's gonna be that's gonna be freaking crazy. Um, but you know, Eddie Kingston came out to do his little entrance, and the Good Brothers just came out and attacked him. And I think that maybe they saw the promo that was the whole story behind it, and they were like, "Screw these, screw this guy." Uh, he yeah. just called this out, so they beat him bad. Uh, Moxley came out, and, and what was cool when Moxley ran out is they had him taped up. Uh, they said that like he was burnt and he had like scars and stuff. So um, you know, so the fallout from the from the death match at Revolution. And uh, I don't know if you noticed this, but I did. It was like a good like five to six minutes of the match where the Good Brothers were just beating the crap out of Eddie, mm-hmm. and Moxley like got knocked off the rope ring ropes, and like he was gone for like a while. Like, I was like, where's Moxley? Like, it's just Eddie in the ring for, it's like, Eddie half. Until the commercial break, Moxley was, like, on the floor. So they were just literally killing Eddie. Yeah. Um, but that's their style. You know, the Good Brothers are dirty fighters. Uh, after the return of the match, you know, we saw Eddie start to fight back. Um, and Moxley got back in the ring. They were able to pick up the victory by uh, combining together and um, pulling out, I think, it was a paradigm shift from Moxley. Uh, so the good brothers were defeated. Uh, but you know, that's not, you know, we kind of knew that was going to happen, but we didn't know it was going to happen after the match. Uh, that's when the good brothers really pounce on people. And, and, and Kenny came out with callous and they, um, they kind of did some messed up stuff, right? Yeah. So Kenny came out and who did they have held up? Was it, um, it was, was it Eddie Kingston or Eddie, Eddie first? Yeah, Eddie, Eddie first. And then um, I think was it Kenny Kenny Omega dared him to hit him, said you wouldn't hit a champion like me or something like that. Um before Moxley hit before Eddie Kingston hit well, him. Well, he did that last week when Christian came I'm out. I'm getting I, confused. <laughs> well, I think I think they just ran out and it might have happened, but Eddie tried Eddie hit them. Yeah, yeah. And Eddie he fought back. Up. He got beat up bad and they put his um leg into a chair and jumped Kenny jumped off the top rope. So, you know, um, broke yeah. the leg with air quotes, um, really hurt Eddie's leg though. And then they wanted to do it to Moxley. They he put, put, it, his... put it in his head. He's put his, yeah. his head and his neck in the chair. That was kind of messed the, up. That's when the young bucks ran out for the save. Yeah. And the young bucks, um, were not about this. They, they thought it was kind of messed up cause that would have severely injured John Moxley. And, uh, you know, they put up the two suites afterwards yeah. and the Young Bucks didn't want to do it. They said, no, no too sweet for me. Thanks. Why are they doing this, though? I, I It's cool. It's a good storyline. But we have this partnership with New Japan, which is kind of, you know, not really on full, full uh, throttle right now because they're all in Japan for the cup. Uh, yeah. I think it would just be cooler if they all got along and then they could fight the Bullet Club in Japan. I think that might happen. It might take someone from Japan to come over here and then, you know, start outnumbering them. And that's when the Young Bucks kind of come back to Kenny and everyone to equal it, equal it up. So what do you think this there. is right now? Like just like some turmoil or are they um, done? I think it might be turmoil. Like at the end of the day, they walked away. There was no sneak attacks or anything afterwards. So they're obviously they might still be respecting their friends, even though they don't see eye to eye right now. Um, but I don't I don't know where this is going. So I guess we'll see. But 
Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. So some turmoil in the American version of the Bullet Club between Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. Um, yeah, they're just, I guess, a little bit fed up right now with the dirty stuff that everyone's been doing in AEW. So interesting, and we will, you know, bring you any developments that happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we went down um, in the second half of the show to a promo from Christian Cage, the first time that he spoke to the audience of all the wrestling. And I, for one, really, really liked this promo. It got me pumped up to see Christian Cage. Um, because he kind of quelled everyone's concerns. He said he's a workhorse. Uh, he said that even John Moxley said that, uh, you know, he thought he knew wrestling until he saw Christian Cage inside the ring. Um, he said he makes wrestlers level up because of his ability. Um, and just because he was gone for seven years, people shouldn't forget him. Uh, he said, don't worry, everyone. I'm not trying to take the young guy's spots. I'm interested in one spot and one spot only. That's Kenny Omega's. Uh, Kenny's on borrow time. And he said, which I thought the coolest part of the promo was he understands that he needs to get some wins under his belt to establish some credibility before challenging Kenny Omega. So to kind of get that record up and get in the top five rankings. And then he said, well, I'll see you down the road, Kenny. So I appreciated that, that he's not just going to get thrusted into the main event scene. And this was a cool, cool promo. I mean, uh, I get why they call him captain charisma. Yeah, he he's he's very good at this. This is this is Christian down to a T. The promos will always be very good. Like you said, the the acknowledging of the ranking system was very good in my yeah. opinion. Um should he be going after Kenny Omega? You know, as a wider question. Um I like I would like to think whenever that does happen, we did get that match that Christian won't be winning it. Um but- well, who knows? Maybe if it is truly down the line, it's down the line. So I don't know. You know, if it's in the next couple of months, no. But I mean, okay, May, May is double or nothing, right? I don't I don't think he'll be facing him for double or nothing. That's too early. Okay. So who do you think is Kenny Omega's opponent at double or nothing? Eddie Kingston, maybe? Maybe um well, I don't know. Or maybe maybe Rich Swan, Rich Swan or Moose or someone like that. Um maybe, yeah. After double or nothing, what do we have? All out. All out is in. And when is that? Uh, is that in September? I think it might be something like that. Yeah, I mean, all out September. Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking of the amount of Wednesdays in between now and double or nothing. Can Christian build up a credible, you know, run? So yeah, well, we have fighter fest. Him- yeah, that's true. Got fight, and fight best. for the fall, and so maybe some more paper, maybe some exclusives. But yeah, so I, I think Christian has to beat some good guys first. Yeah, but you're I, right; it could be in May. I think it'll be in June because Revolution got pushed back. Yeah, so. maybe maybe Christian is just a a you know a dynamite TV special match versus Kenny Omega, and it's not actually a pay per view. Um, we'll see. But either way, I don't think he should be winning this title at all. Um, and if he does, it shouldn't be for any longer than about two months, three months. Maybe. Yeah, I could see him as a transition, transitional champion, maybe. Yeah, like a transitional uh, champion. But I think he could be a good, a good TNT champion. But again, he's got to prove mm-hmm. himself. Really, like he's really got to prove because there's a lot of other guys that are deserving of the TNT title too, like Lance Archer. Yeah, yeah. Um, this new direction they're taking with Lance, which I guess we'll get onto. Yeah, that's right. Next, the next one. Yeah. Okay, cool. You you do your thing, and we'll jump into Lance Archer afterwards. Well, we had a we had a Sting promo, uh, the weekly Sting segment. So I guess they're bringing Sting out, and uh, I've really grown to like seeing this guy. To be honest, um, 
Darby came out with him and he said he's pissed off. He's only defended the TNT championship three times, which is a complaint that we've always had with Darby Allen. And But he said that it's because he had a lot of issues with Team Taz. So I kind of get that. I understand. I appreciated that reference that he wants to be a defending champion, but he had so many issues with Team Taz that he, he really couldn't focus on that. Uh, but now he wants to pay tribute to the greatest TNT champion ever, Brody Lee, and issue an open challenge for the Dark Order to get their belt back if they want. So next week we have John Silver taking on Darby Allen for the belt, which will be a cool matchup, and um, we'll see what happens there. But as you stated previously, Lance Archer again did his interruption. He said this is his time, uh, and Jake Roberts was talking crap. Lance and them said that he's going to get what's coming to him. What did you think about Lance interrupting? Um, right. So, firstly, this thing coming out and not actually getting to do an interview is clearly some type of running joke now, some inside joke, um, with themselves and Tony Khan and stuff because it's happened far too often. Um, Lance Archer, like, I feel he was on a really good trajectory going forward as a face, like, like you know, like this dominant face character that he's been in recent weeks. Obviously, last week he he was kind of heelish, kind of dickish, how he treated Sting. The same again this week. So it looks like they're turning him back to a heel, which I'm just not sure why they are doing that in the in the midst of you know this great run that he was on. But then in the same breath, which I guess you'll get onto in a second, it looks like they're turning Brian Cage to a face. Yeah, man. I I agree with that Lance Archer statement. I really was, you know, when he was teaming up with Moxley and uh, uh, Ray Phoenix and stuff. Yeah, to take on, you know, Kenta and all of them. uh, The New Japan Alliance. That was Mm -hmm. cool. I really like him better in that role. Um, So I don't, I'm I'm confused, but, you know, I I always have faith in AEW because they always, I feel like, have something in in the bag or in the back pocket that we don't realize yet. And that was obviously true for Brian Cage. Um, he came out with Team Taz, interrupted, and like you said, the running joke, uh, Tony Schiavone was like, oh, my God, I can't get through this interview with Sting. Like, I'm never going to have this. Um, you know, Taz was obviously being mean, but Cage grabbed the mic, said he's got something to say to Sting. He says, you know what? You are butting your nose in everybody's business, in our business, but even if that happens, I respect you. And he says, Ricky Starks is wrong. With or without the bat, you are an icon. And then Team Taz freaked out. Ricky said, what are you smoking crack? Are you smoking dope? <laughs> he was pissed off. Um, yeah, so maybe Brian Cage is going to get a face turn. If they do that and they make him lose Team Taz, please give him the TNT title or something. Yeah, um, I don't mind this because I think I've, I've went on record. I've said before, especially once Will Hobbs got added to um team taz i was thinking what is the point of having will hobbs and brian cage there because you've got two guys that are kind of occupying the same kind of space unless they become a tag team together which i didn't mind but yeah let's let let's get brian cage out of there will hobbs would probably need you know the mentorship from taz to kind of kick on with his career ricky starks is he's gonna be like a made man very soon um and will probably now kind of take the position of, of the top guy within that faction um if he wasn't already so yeah I, I, don't, I think brian cage wasn't doing much there he was being he was capped in terms of what he can offer um and i guess this is going to go on for a, a few more weeks before maybe an eventual split but and a match maybe yeah yeah and a match but yeah i, I I'm, I'm i'm happy to see them doing something 
with Team Taz because even if we're honest, you know, the Sting um, cinematic match was brilliant, but they haven't won nothing, <laughs> you know. No, they're not doing they're, well. Yeah, they're not doing well. So let them shake it up and see if, you know, they can get a bit of new direction, at least for the, the characters within Team Taz. I had a crazy idea for you. Cage leaves Team Taz and Layla Hirsch comes in. She's yeah. officially signed with AW and she's like Taz, Taz's protege. Like literally, they are so similar with their movesets. Very. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, I think I'll, that'd be I'm a, for it. a cool shake I, up. I, I, I love when women join factions as well. Like they, they're like a, a woman's division within the faction. So yeah, I think that'd be really good. For sure. Um, you know, we, that could happen. That could happen with uh, Zelina Vega coming in soon, hopefully. Uh, rumors that she's already signed, so who knows with that. But, you know, Brian Cage, I've always liked Brian Cage. I really like him. I think he'd be good as a champion of some sort. Um, so I think this is, you know, probably a good idea. So we, we'll, yeah. we'll see what happens with that. Um, you know, we have two matches left, but before I get to that, let's go over this Miro segment real quick. Because, again... With the you know we've been kind of giving Sting some issues with his promos in the last recent weeks. Um, yeah. Christian Cage and Miro, you know we've been calling him out every week. But for I really liked what Kip Sabian did in this promo because Miro kind of acted like a, a jerk. He said he moved on because Chuck Taylor wants a new match, but he doesn't really want to focus on that. He's got bigger and better things to focus on, which yeah. was which was cool um, because that's exactly what you've been saying that he should move on. But Kip said, you know, Miro, I'm your best friend. They ruined my wedding. I'm not done with this at all. Like they hurt my wife. Like, hell no, I'm not done with this. Like you need to be there for me. Uh, and he says, yeah, we, we're going to accept a match between them. I thought Kip did a cool job here. Like when, when, when Miro was very dismissive and said, yeah, I don't care. I want to move on and prepare myself for the world championship and all of that. I popped, I popped big. I was like, yes, here we go. Finally, come on, Miro. And then Kip Sabian walks in and he was like, yeah, I'm not done with this. I was thinking, oh, my God, like, let it go. But, yeah, but, um, but but Miro didn't accept. Miro didn't accept, Kip but it looks did. like Kip, Kip has. So, I mean, it looks like even before Miro moves on from this, this circle of, you know, everything, we're going to get some type of beef between Kip Sabian and Miro. It looks inevitable that they're going to fall out and have a fight. So I um, think Miro won't show up to the match and that's what it'll... Oh please, please God let that happen. Yeah, like, right. It'll just be Kip out there and that's it with them. Like he didn't back up his best man. Yeah, which which would make sense because Miro didn't accept the match. So, you know, I it looks like they they're listening to us. They did we know they know that we don't want to see this anymore. Um, they're trying to move away from it, which uh, is sad because it could have really elevated Kip. Yeah, and it but didn't. Kip, really. You know, Kip. You know, Kip's been injured this entire time. That's why he. Hasn't I didn't know that. Him. Yeah, apart from you know, he wrestled what last week was it with Miro or at the pay per view was it? Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what, he's just come back from injury. So obviously, the entire time when you know it was just them walking around with Chuck Taylor as the butler and stuff, Kip Sabian was injured. So maybe that's why the story never progressed as fast as it did. Um, but yeah, either way, um, I want to be done with this. I'm happy that Miro has acknowledged that he needs to be doing something better with his career. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just can't wait to see it. Still can't wait for this to be over. I thought it would be over at Revolution, but here we are still talking about it. Here we are still talking about it. But, you know, with this New Japan partnership, with this Impact partnership, there's a lot of cool people 
that Miro could face and I think would be classic matches. So at least he's here and he's looking for bigger and better things. You know, there's a lot of potential for him here. Uh, Quick before we get to the last two matches, uh, that Brian Cage segment with Sting, they're on dark on Tuesday before they had some issues during the match. Him and Starks teamed up and in the main event, and they were screaming at each other at the end um, because they, they couldn't get along with the finish. Like, uh, I don't really know what happened. So it was cool that AW planted some seeds there. Uh, and, and someone pointed it out, and it happened on Wednesday. So that, that was really – that was cool. That was really cool. Yeah, um, yeah. We had a little bit of a warm-up match before this main event, which we're going to you know, finish off the show with. Uh, Angelico and Phoenix. Uh, so, you know, again, Phoenix and Pac both on the card. Uh, this was a cool, quick match. They both did well. Angelico really tried to slow down Phoenix and, and lock him into some submissions. Um, but Phoenix was just too fast. He kind of got out of all these submission holds, um, hit a spike cutter for two, which was crazy. And Helico tried to do the Navarro death roll, um, but that didn't work. Phoenix then got a time bomb pile driver and won the match. Um, I'm not really sure the reasoning for this being on the card. I don't know if you have any ideas, but Phoenix won. Yeah, um, I think you know they just you know they gave they gave Phoenix a, a match where he's been on a good run, like we said. Um, but yeah, I just. It was a very short match, a bit of a meaningless match. Um, maybe it was just something he wanted to put in before the main event. So I just think everyone wants to see this guy now. Yeah, l- rightly so. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. He's very good. Yeah, like we got to have him on every Dynamite, really, because he just makes everything better. So maybe that's it. Yeah, and I don't have a problem with that. But let's get to the top. Uh Wow. Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa in a lights out unsanctioned match. Anything goes. Uh, first dynamite main event featuring women's wrestlers. Um, the culmination of the feud between Britt and Thunder Rosa. They are both one on one going into this with each other. And, um, you know, I said before this, the only other lights out match or unsanctioned match that I knew about was Omega Moxley from full gear. Yeah. Uh, and they got crazy. I said, I thought to myself, are the women going to do this? Are they going to bring out all these crazy stops and make it a hardcore match? I wasn't sure. I would have been fine with just a normal match, but that's obviously not what we saw. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. This match was just so, so entertaining. Like, I, I never expected it, honestly. Me either, I, I, dude. I know it was a lights out, lights out, unsanctioned match. I just didn't think they would go to the extent that they went. On TV, um, on, on network television. Yeah. A lot of people were saying, oh, is it, you only like it because, you know, they, they bled and they oh, bled and up. stuff. But it's, no, it's, this was a good match. The, the blood adds to the story. Um, you know, I, I, I love bleeding in my wrestling because I know so it, I. It, it automatically, I don't like seeing them blade and stuff like that. Um, I would prefer if it was, you know, genuine, unfortunately, rather than them blading. But ultimately, it adds to the story regardless. I'm not going to shoot down a match because someone bled. Like, you want to watch wrestling. You want it to be real or as real as possible. And that's what they gave us. This is the most violent women's match I have ever seen. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. I, to be honest, I saw a match between Kaylee Ray and Piper, Piper Niven, two ladies that are both in NXT UK right now. I saw a match of them in ICW some years ago. And that was brutal. This topped that. 
This did top that. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, you know, I'm a big FMW, which is the most hardcore promotion ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all Japan women's wrestling, which was in the 80s and 90s, which they did hardcore matches. They did exploding death matches like we saw at Revolution. They did all that stuff because the Japanese audience is just different than the U.S. But yeah. this was better than all of that. This was way more polished. This was cooler. Uh, this was this was great. And, and the blading thing that you said, any of these... Uh, spots that happen, they could have busted open either of them for real. That's how mm-hmm. hard they were going. So I don't mind it at all. I like blood too. Um, a lot, I, you know. I don't have a problem with it. it. It was, and if even if they didn't bleed, it was so good anyway. Yeah. Um, they they fought to the death though. You guys, I, I can't even I can't even do it justice really with going over the analysis of it. You guys just have to go watch it. Uh, it was crazy. Um, both of them were were split open. Uh, both of them hit each other with chairs, mm-hmm. with ladders, sending each other through tables, sending Re- Reba through a table. Um, the Brit superplex was... off the top rope onto the pile of chairs. Oh my oh. god! Yeah, dude, <laughs> that was I was like jumped out of my chair. Uh, Britt, she got her face dr- hit by a ladder by Thunder Rosa, and she bladed or mm. or what? I don't really know what happened, but she was bleeding really deep, yeah, um, yeah. which was which was crazy. Uh, then we saw them throw each other through thumbtacks, which I've never seen a women's match break out thumbtacks before. Yep. Uh, and they went deep into Brit. Like she was a cushion, which was insane. That power bomb that Thunder Rosa done to Brit Baker onto those. I've again, I've never seen even including men. I've never seen someone be dropped on a bed of thumbtacks as hard. And, you know, that was a very hard landing loads of those pins were in Britt Baker's back. Yeah, the lower back, uh, the buttocks area, which yeah. I, I can't imagine that doesn't feel good for either of them. Um, and then she tried to get the lock jaw in. So Britt got thrown through the, the push pins and then immediately got back up. So she's tough as nails and tried to get a lock jaw in on Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa rolled back and just made Britt roll through the thumbtacks. It was absolutely yeah, brutal. Yeah. And I'm not kidding. She was bleeding like literally so much. They they released a shirt, which it I was in her eyes. It was, it, it was in her eyes. <laughs> there was red in her eyes. Yeah. Um, disgusting, dude. They, they released a shirt too of her bloody face. Like that's how iconic some of these photos that came out mm. of this match were. So she was bleeding so, so much. Um, and the match finished off by uh, a Death Valley driver from Thunder Rosa. It's not a, de- uh, a fire like thunder a driver. driver. Yeah, fire yeah, yeah. under driver uh off the apron through a table even and- that i jumped because i jumped i thought oh my god like but i could see as they went down like thunder rosa was protecting her head really well um but yeah, yeah but this was a good one because sometimes with that you know the time bomb pile driver or the fire thunder driver um or the, the brain buster variant like yeah. sometimes you could see them hitting the back too much it looks good when the head's going straight down. And that's straight what down. this was like the head yeah. Brit's head went down through the table. So yeah. it was awesome. Uh, Thunder Rosa ended up picking up the victory in one of the most iconic matches I've ever seen uh, really anywhere. Um, I don't think anybody could say that the women's division isn't a draw anymore. Yeah. I mean, if I've got one criticism to make, it's not even on this match. It's the fact that, we can now see they can have more than one story going on in the women's division. We've got Jade and um, Red Velvet as like a 
second or third kind of feud. We've got um, Sheeta watching Baker. the match too. We've got Britt yeah. Baker and um, Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa, obviously with their like the primary women's division feud. My issue is with Sheeta, and my issue is that where is the champion? You can clearly book good wrestling, good women's wrestling. So why is the champion not involved in this? I think that she's just kind of evolved lately into like a, a wrestler. To, like just she comes out to defend the belt and she's maybe above being on weekly television, stupid feuds, let everyone else fight it. She's above that. She's going to come and defend the belt. Like that's where they, that's what they're doing basically with her. Right. But it doesn't make for a good championship reign. She is, she is the, the holder of a, a, a very important record in AEW right now. Not even the most days as women's champion, the most days as champion yes, in AEW, regardless of the belt, regardless of men and women. And right now, Obviously, she's held that held that belt for X amount of days now, well over two hundred, going on to like three hundred something days. Um, you know, if we start looking back on, oh, let's let's talk about the Sheeda feud of the sorry, the Sheeda reign of twenty twenty into twenty twenty one. You know, down the in the years time, we're not even going to remember these matches she's had. We're not going to. There's nothing iconic to to remind us of this long reign she's had. You I just rem- I, mean? I just remember like it kind of just bunches together just how good she is but the specific no but yeah, at I'm, least... not doubt, I'm not doubting how good she is we could we see every time she has a match we see how good she was her, her match at revolution was probably one of the, the actual best wrestling match no gimmicks attached that was probably on the, the best wrestling yeah. match on the card yeah um, it was one of my highest rating ones for sure yeah but we we other than that she doesn't have a feud like she's just fighting who they put in front of her and winning and then doing the same again in four weeks time it's like nick aldis and nwa <laughs> like yeah. a really long reigning chant uh, that's exactly it there's no story there's no feud they will build up someone else in a tournament or through a, a series of number one contenders matches and they will face Sheeda and lose in a very good match and then the same happens four weeks later no, I mean, at least, at least she was Thunder watching it. Having meaningful stories, while uh, Jade Cargill and Red Velvet are having meaningful stories, um, she there is just not having a meaningful story. So it's very I interesting. Mean, I, I agree with that, but at least she was watching this. Sh- I appreciated at least seeing her because usually they don't even show her. In no, these, I, hear, I hear that. I right? Hear like, that. They, like, it's like, where is she? Like, oh, we have the TNT promo, the tag team promo, the world promo. Mm. Where's the no women's promo? I mean, at least she was there. And I, I totally agree with you, though. Mm. Uh, but I think I think we're kind of coming down to the end. And uh, what I think is going to happen is Thunder Rosa will face Sheeta for the belt. Thunder Rosa will lose because she's not an official contracted AW wrestler. And then mm-hmm. Britt will come in. And, and, and I, I still think Britt will be the next champion. I hope so, man. Brit Brit is brilliant. They've really taken her time, taken their time with her. They've really invested big into her. I remember when she was a face early doors in AEW. Remember I still people were her. laughing at her? Yeah, I still liked yeah. her, but people didn't. I know people didn't at all. Um, and I understood why they didn't, because she was very vanilla, just very, you know, smiley, smiley. I'm a dentist. Um, you know, but it showed how much they were investing in her when she got injured and she was still on TV every week. Um and she deserves it. She's 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 the face of that division now. There is no doubt about it. She is the face of that division and should be the next champion. 
Yeah, I got my first Britt Baker uh, shirt coming in the mail. I'm 100% going to buy that shirt. You're yeah, talking about the one that... It says role model on top of it, right? It says main event role model. Yeah, yeah I'm buying that. So cool. <laughs> I'm yeah. buying that t-shirt, 100%. Uh, and then after the match, there's exclusive promo on YouTube. Go check it out because it's really awesome. Everybody gives them a standing ovation, Thunder and Britt Baker. And uh, Britt... Tony Khan like got really emotional. He was like hugging her, saying, "This is one of the best things we've ever put out on TV in two years. Like this was effing awesome." That's what he said. Yeah, yeah. And then she, she was getting like the thumbtacks removed, and she was like, "Moxley's going to be so proud of me." That's uh, <laughs> cool. It was heartwarming. I, I heard that she said, um, I, "I wonder if Meltzer would give this a five. Uh No. What is it? What day is it? I don't. I know. I don't know. Uh, what, I don't know what he gave. I got to check. She I said get, that. She said that during yeah. that backstage part. She was like, "Oh, I wonder if Meltzer would give this a five out of five. I honestly think that. Uh, well, he doesn't. Uh, he does rank women's matches, but we haven't had a women's match get five since like the '90s from All Japan. But I think this this, this, this is AEW, and he's an AEW fanboy. He this loves is deserving. Matches, this is deserving of five. What would you rank it? We haven't done these in a little bit, but what, you, I you know what? The thing is, for me, this is one of the best women's matches I have ever seen in terms of more than just wrestling, like story and everything. But for me, it's mm-hmm. hard, man. And it's not it's not a favoritism thing, but Sasha Banks versus Bailey at TakeOver is still I heard all the way was- up there for me. And that was rated, I think, four and a half. So, uh, I don't know. Because I, I would rate that match a five. I got and it if, on here. Yeah, so uh, it's, it's, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if Mox is going to rate this and what he rates this as. But I know if he rates this a five, a lot of people are going to have something to say. Because he I'm, did I it. What did he rate it? Four and three quarter. Wow. As in 4.75. Yeah, point so two even, five away. So even that, he's rated it above Sasha and Bailey, I think. Yeah, people are gonna which, freak out. Which I think is questionable. I think it's questionable to be honest. Yeah. But you know, I'm I, I don't want to be here sitting here comparing the two. These two matches I was speaking about were both very special in their own right. So um yeah, just just big up the ladies involved and um thanks for putting your bodies on the line. Like you said, we ain't seen nothing like this in North America. Um, you know, such a violent match. I'm happy everyone kind of walked away smiling, no one was really hurt, everything was done you know, looking dangerous, but very, very um, well done. Nothing was actually dangerous. Um, yeah, just just a very, very good main event. And like I say, AEW, slowly but surely, they're getting it right with the women's division. Everything else is coming together. It's just the champion now needs to be given something. So we'll yeah. see. Final, final thing, yep. Oh, that was, that was St. Patrick's Day Slam. Great show. Uh, you know, we had a lot of positives, some negatives, but mostly positives. So, yeah. congrats to everybody who uh, put on that great show. Hundred percent. Do you want to run through the questions? Uh, yeah, we'll do a few. We we uh, kind of did this question poll uh, a little too late, so we only have a few. But um, Daniel two two one three says, "Was this dynamite top three uh, of all the dynamites?" No, I, I would say I don't no. Think so. I don't think so, but I think the main event might mm-hmm. be top five main events, top three main events that we've got on Dynamite since they started. That's what I would say too, exactly. Um, the Elite Daily says, how would you or WrestleManiac book the aftermatch of the lights out, the aftermath of the lights out match? So yeah, I said the way I'd book it is Thunder getting the title shot, losing to Sheeta, 
uh, eventually maybe she'll get the shot when she officially signs. So I think she will in September when her NWA contract is over. So she loses and Britt steps up, challenges Sheeta and wins maybe at Fighter Fest or um, maybe at um, Double or Nothing. Yeah. What about you? I think you're spot on. That's exactly what I'll do. Um, Thunder Rosa gets the opportunity somewhere in between now and Double or Nothing. And at Double or Nothing, we get the coronation of Britt Baker as the AEW Women's Champion. Um, Yeah. Yeah. One, one thing I wanted to add, big up to Thunder Rosa, because, you know, as I, I never knew of Thunder Rosa much before she came to AEW, and she has become a cornerstone of this division without even being contracted to them. Cornerstone and, of the whole promotion. Yeah, yeah, literally. And the, the fact that, you know, when she was seen on AEW TV, you know, WWE reached out to sign her. Do you know they tried to sign her as a referee? Yeah, that's embarrassing. They should they I don't even know how that got out, but they should be embarrassed. Uh, I mean, they do this all the time. They tried to sign Eddie Kingston as a coach after he made his AEW showing against um against Cody. So um yeah, I just think that um they they mess with this kind they mess with people all the time. If it wasn't for AEW being around, who knows? People might have taken this um opportunity you never know if aw wasn't around thunder rosa might think well i might i might maybe i just become the referee at wwe eddie kingston might think maybe i just become a coach at wwe but thank god for competition because now Mm -hmm. they have more places to go so yeah definitely uh i I totally agree with that and i just think that she really needs to sign with uh aw soon um i like the nwa kind of i mean not really as of recently, to be honest. I just think mm. she's too too good for that promotion. Yeah, That's yeah. harsh, she, but... She's found a very good place with people in AEW that are clearly invested in her. And like I said, they've, they've built, made her a cornerstone of the women's division, the, of the promotion. So she's her stock in AEW is clearly very high. So yeah. I think she, she will put pen to paper once her contract is up. Yep, and the final question we have from Peyton Privatera is Thunder Rosa the right person to beat Sheeta for the belt? I'm going to say not now, not right at this instant. I think Britt is the next in line, like we've stated, but um, she will be a, cha- a women's champion here for sure. Yeah, I think um, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't even be half mad if um, she got her NWA title back. Maybe that won't happen if she's going to sign a full-on contract with AEW, but. Um, yeah, I think I think there's a lot for Thunder Rosa to do outside of chasing the gold. But I think just for this ascendancy that the women's division is on, Britt Baker just has to be the next champion. Yeah, I will be very upset if that doesn't happen. <laughs> Trust me. Yeah. Imagine Sheeta retaining. Sheeta's no, so good. Yeah, no, it can't happen. It can't. It can't happen, man. Like I'm sorry, and it's not even Sheeta's. It's not Sheeta's fault. It's not Sheeta's fault how she's been booked, but you know we've got to move on right now it's become too big dude yeah right now where your where your division is in a good place like it is you have to move with the times and that's it you know strike while the iron's hot you don't pick up an iron and iron your clothes when the iron's cold do you you wait till it's hot Britt baker is hot you you go with Britt baker so yeah um but yeah, appreciate everyone that sent questions over. If you want to have your questions read on the podcast, please send them over to Kings Road Wrestling. Make sure you're following Mike as well on Kings Road Wrestling on Instagram. Um, but guys, that's it. That's our show. Um, coming to you one day late, so apologies for that. But um, thank you for joining us. Um, please remember to subscribe or follow 
um, the Elite Maniac podcast on your podcast platform of choice and leave us a five-star review because every time you write a five-star review, it shows our podcast to more people. Um, and yeah, we want as many people to hear this and join our little community that we're building here. Unfortunately, again, we couldn't bring the show live to you this week, but we will be back next week, yep. normal time on, on, on Thursdays. Um, Mike, any last words before we get out of here? Uh, no, uh, not really. Um, but, uh, you know, I was also traveling. So the newsletter is going to go out uh, today or tomorrow with uh, the dynamite review and impact. And I'll leave a little thing for, um, you guys to rate us on Apple, uh, podcast. So if you could do that, like my partner says, I'd be very appreciated. Um, and you know, thank you. I hope you guys are enjoying the show yeah trust me so yeah guys thanks for tuning in we'll be back same time next week um and yeah see you then remember to subscribe follow and leave a five-star review